Well, welcome to the Journey Together podcast with Joshua and Anna Gresham. We hope you guys are having a beautiful day today. It is not beautiful here. Dumping the rain. It is the worst. It is. You know, no, gonna, no, it's the best. I don't worst. really like rain. <laughs> rain is just dreary and awful. I don't mind a good thunderstorm. A good thunderstorm. I'm with you on that. But this is just, this is the rain that rains sideways. Forrest Gump rain. It's Forrest Gump rain. Forrest Gump. <laughs> it's rain from everywhere. Yeah. Okay, you guys joining us, if you're new, you're not new, you know you can head to our podcast at thejourneytogether.com and uh, check some blogs out, check some other things out as well. Yeah. Uh, we're on all the social medias, and I'm subpar on Instagram. With we're life. subpar with social media <laughs> in general. I think we were the generation that, that got it to begin with, and then it was like, meh. And then they started coming out with all the other new social media, you know, the TikTok and all those types the of things. The TikTok. All right. Josh hates social media. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. Because I think it was just overwhelming. It was like, oh, there's a new thing. And then so it became a fad and everyone was okay. switching. Tell the real reason why you dislike social media. Tell the real reason. I don't know. Because there there's a real, real reason. Tell it. No, I don't want to tell that. Jeez. Okay. I'll give a <clears throat> summary of your real reason, what I think. You do not enjoy the opinions of others when they are not valid opinions. It's just that, an opinion in their own mind. And then they get out there and just spew it to the world. Yeah. And that is not something that, that you want to have in your life. No, I, it's like becomes their truth. And it's not, a, it's not, hum, yeah. it's not full of humility. It's, it's prideful. It's full of anger. It's all the emotions. So yeah, I, I don't like that. That's the part of it. It's like, hold on, save your opinion to yourself. You think you can just have an opinion on everything. Everyone's become a judge. Everyone can judge everything. And it's like, no, I don't, I don't need to judge everything. I don't need to. All right. I just became a judge for poll day. Oh my I gosh. became an election worker. You guys I'm extremely excited about this. She is extremely excited about this. I am. I've been trying to get in for years. <laughs> As if it's been like It's this. been hard. <laughs> and now this, this I got hard. the call and I'm in. <laughs> and I'm going to be 80 years old working election day. You might be the youngest person working <laughs> 100%, the election. 100%. 100% I will. I went to training and I was the youngest person uh, and it made me so happy. Oh my gosh. I've got to get some khakis. <laughs> Oh, no, there's a uniform? No, I just feel like I need khakis. Oh, oh my gosh. I thought there was a uniform. A pair of Clark's shoes. You oh, know what Clark's okay, are? Okay, you got to stop no, it I'm sorry, too far. Right. too far. Too far. All right. You know, today we've got a, it's, we want to have fun with this. Always. Because it's a hard topic. Hold on, I just said always. We strive for fun. But that's not the line or the, or the, um, what's that word I'm looking like for? Like our standard? Like yeah, yeah, not, yeah, the okay. standard. Yeah, it's not like that's the standard of, of everything is okay, and therefore, you know, it's perfection. That's not it. I mean, even when there's bad days, it's like, meh. But, I mean, it should, it sh we should be having fun. We should. But I don't want people to believe it's like, 24-7. <laughs> right. Like no. Seven days a week, 365. I mean, it's not like we're on the go all the time. The fun the fun train? Yeah. I don't want people to have that misconception. It's like, look at Josh and Anna. 
they're just always having fun. <laughs> it's like, no, I mean, no, we're not. There's days that we're like, I mean, I just had a bad experience at Starbucks and I'm still pretty angry about it. We had to pray before this podcast. 40 minutes to get my drink. We, 40 we, minutes. And then the lady didn't even say my name. She was like, Josh. All right. I need you all to reach your hand out to the Starbucks in the name of Jesus. Lord, right. help their management. Let's move past okay. them. I don't want to get, promote them. All right. Anyway. Today, we are going to talk about... Uh, it's marriage. It is marriage. Are you a roommate... <laughs> Or are you best friends? I love this topic. I think this is really good. Yeah, it is. And when we were t- when we were thinking about this week, uh, we've really been focused in on the aspect of friendship and marriage, right? Of just how valuable it is to be each other's best friend mm-hmm. and what that looks like. And for those listening or watching right now, you might you might be blind to the fact that you're the one acting like a roommate rather than a best friend. Like my prayer through this podcast is that those blinders are removed and that each of us, this is for us as well, that we go, I want to be, I want to be a better friend. I want to be a best friend to my spouse and not just someone they live with uh, who, you know, years down the road, we don't even, we have a cup of coffee here and there, but we don't really know each other. You yeah. know, you might yeah. watch a movie together ever so often. Like you think of roommates, we've had some good roommates. We've had some not so good roommates. I've had all the roommates. You've had all the roommates. I've had 13, I've lived in 13 different places and I've had some of the best roommates of my life. Have you had a terrible roommate? Um... Have I been a terrible roommate? Oh, that's a good question. I probably was a terrible roommate to two of the guys I lived with. I probably wasn't great. Okay, but you just said it, 13. Roommates come and go. Your spouse doesn't come and go, right? This no, is, right. This, this is, is it. This is it. This is done. And whenever we begin to walk through this conversation. Oh, that's a good point. I'm glad you said that. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. No, it's okay. Like, the define a roommate. A roommate is... Paying half of everything. Right. A roommate is someone who has their side of the house, your side of the house. Mm-hmm. A roommate is expected to basically cater to your needs and, you know, obviously you're to cater to their needs both. Meaning it's like, hey, they're, let's be quiet. If you have friends over, like they're not associating with your friends necessarily. Like roommates that oh, are like not yeah. good roommates. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have a roommate that you're unhappy that they didn't do the dishes or something, then you immediately go tell another oh, best yeah. friend. Yeah, yeah. Your actual Their best friend. Their dishes are in the sink, piled up, and you're like, I'm not touching if those. If you've had a bad roommate, you talk bad about him. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's just throw it out there. That's what happens. Yeah. Uh, roommates, we've said it, are not in it for the long haul. It's yeah. just for seasons in your life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you don't sleep with your roommate. <laughs> no, that'd be weird. It'd be weird. You went weird. No, was, I know. Wasn't gonna, but well, wasn't it's, true. it's true. It's true. No, it's true. I think about moments where I was a bad roommate. I was a bad roommate with a guy named Tim in my freshman year of college, and I would have friends over in our dorm constantly. Oh, so no consideration of the other person's. Actual yeah, feelings within awful. this that takes place. Yeah. 
there's so many pieces to what this looks like that you can find yourself living this way in marriage. And I got to tell you, God has a better plan, but you're going to have to make a decision today that you want his plan to be your best plan. Yeah. You're going to have to make a choice that I am going to take the necessary steps and do everything that I can as a spouse, as a partner with who I am married to, to come out of roommate mode and begin to walk in as a true best friend. Yeah. My, my roommates, my last bit of roommates was my favorite. And, and, and the reason why I start smiling is because we actually became pretty close friends in the moment of living. We're not friends now. Um, it's been years, you know, but they were the best in what, what made them the best. We had so much fun is that we went places, we did things together. We, uh, we went on adventures. One time we got stuck in an elevator one time and, uh, we filmed stupid videos. Um, and, and I have this one, I, I will, I've always wanted to have like a, write a movie and this be like the ending scene. But my, my roommate, Stuart, uh, he had a Volvo that he would have to pop the clutch in order for it to get started. It was an old, old station wagon Volvo. And and we would ever so often have to push him uh, to go to school. You know, we'd have to push him down the street. He popped the clutch and then he would drive in, you know, down into school. And uh, on the very last day that we lived together, I'll never forget it. It was, it was the last day and he was moving back to Charlotte, North Carolina. And I... He asked us all to come out and we all pushed him and he popped the clutch and his car starts and he threw his hand out the window and it was the last time I saw him. You've never seen him again. Never seen Stuart again. Thus the difference in a roommate and your spouse. (laughs) (laughs) So true. So true. You're not popping my clutch and I'm never coming back. (laughs) I have no desire to write that movie. But I love, I love that scene, and I think about Stuart often about that, and, and I smile to think that how good, we were good roommates, all of us, and we just loved each other, and I was still bad. There was moments we were bad, obviously. They were mad at me for not doing my dishes one time, and the heat in the, in the apartment was expensive. Anyway, all that to say, being a good roommate is, is doing life together, but we're not talking about roommates because we, we switched from the roommates to becoming good friends, all of us. And it was being accommodating to one another. It was learning the, the give and take, accepting the inherent differences of who we are and what we brought in. And I think that's what makes a good best friend. Well, and you look at that just in, uh, you know, having that friendship within a roommate. Um, but this is your spouse, that you actually have a blood covenant with under God, that you're no longer two, but one. And do you have people outside of your spouse that are actually better friends than your spouse? uh. You know, those are evaluations that we've talked about in our marriage. You have a best friend or best friends. I have best friends, but they, they do not trump my best friendship with you. It was completely different. It is, and it is completely different. And I share everything with those friends, and, and I share with you. I don't hide those things. There's nothing that I have told them that I have not told you. And so I'm not keeping that from you. This is where, 
an encouragement coming out of this, and we're going to walk through what a best friend looks like and, and all of those wonderful things since we've covered the roommate aspect. Uh, you guys, I've, this is something that I've asked myself. Anna, do you want to be a better friend to your spouse, to Josh? Do you want, do you want to grow in your friendship with him? And if so, Lord, help me. Help me to be a better friend. God, I, wanna, I want Josh to be the first one that I want to tell these things to. I want to be able to share my dreams and visions. I want to be able to have fun with you. I want to go on trips and enjoy life with you. I want to sleep every night with you. And that, that we're just we're living life together uh, and having the best time doing it. And knowing, um, knowing that, that we're not going anywhere. Right. You're not popping the clutch no and I'm waving, <laughs> and I'm waving by helping you push your junky <laughs> Volvo through the parking lot. It's the best Volvo ever. Anyway, no, I agree 100%. We need to be, we need to be pursue it after each other and the relationship that we have and building it consistently but then at the same time accepting the inherent differences of who we are and growing with sacrifice too often with roommates they won't sacrifice it's just that this is who i am deal with it i pay this amount equally the same as you Ooh, yeah, yeah so this is what this looks like you guys at some point you're going to have to have a mending of hearts in your marriage or a blending of finances, a blending of souls to where you realize that it's all together. So whenever we look at our spouse, it's a reflection of, of you. Yeah. Uh, and the main reflection being Jesus, of course. We'll get into that in a second. But there has to be a change in how you see your friendship um, because some of you, you're okay. You're okay sleeping in the other room. You're okay kicking your spouse out. You're okay allowing, uh, your room has been taken over by everybody but your spouse. Yeah. And there are some things here where you're like, oh my gosh, how did we get here? Well, you got here through, um, you know, it's <laughs> sometimes we just don't even realize how we got there, but it's happened. So... The encouragement is, how can we move forward from this place and begin to grow together? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, you know, um, thinking about the transition from strangers, you know, the roommate side to the best friend side, and to get out of that rut maybe that you found yourself in, it's back to the stop div the dividing line, the piece of tape in the middle of the house that says, this is your side, this is my side, and accepting the fact this is our, this is our home, this is our relationship, it's 50-50. These Learning are our dreams. Right. Well, I say it's 100-100, you're all in. That's, I'd rather put it that way. Absolutely. Stop the blame game. Stop always This having is my money, your money, these are my kids, your kids. Yeah, but the blame side of it, it, the blame game is not a servanthood mentality. I, I feel. I mean, I I think that when you're blaming, it's always like what the other person should have done, could have done, should be doing. 
and those that aspect of of it is is tough why would you want to be your spouse's best friend uh I'm going to read a set of scripture out of John 15, you know, we're talking about friendship. And I was like, well, Josh, you know who the greatest example of friendship is? Jesus. Did you like that? I did. All right. I love it. I feel like I needed to just pump up everybody. I love it. All right. You're awake. You guys, why would we want to exemplify the friendship that we have with the Lord, with our spouse? I've got two core characteristics of what these this friendship looks like. And I want to say that, and then I want to read this so that it'll paint a picture for you. The two core characteristics are first, it's a great love that then um, exemplifies great loyalty. All right. Let's park that word loyalty here to the side. So that's the first characteristic of just being a a wonderful best friend. There's a great love that exemplifies great loyalty. And then there's great affection. And great affection leads to great intimacy. Some of you, you're struggling in your intimacy because you're not best friends with your spouse. And I've told Josh, I'm like, you know these movies that show women that are angry and these people have, you know, sex right after they're angry and they're mad at each other. And I'm like, that's false. Women are not trying to have <laughs> intimate sex when they're mad. They're legit mad at you and don't want to do it. You know, whenever you look at being a best friend, great love, great loyalty, great affection leads to great intimacy. Mm-hmm. This is part of the reason I, I want to be your best friend. I want us to have great intimacy. I want there to be great love which is a loyalty, meaning that I'm there at all times, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Right. In sickness and in health. Right. But here's the, here's the inherent differences that we need to accept. Men are more likely to bear themselves in the flesh. Meaning when you're angry, you do want to have no, sex. No, 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 no. Okay. No, meaning men typically, um, men are, are ridiculous. Let's just say that. And um, I'm thinking about men in the flesh will be more willing to take off their shirt and just basically be silly or whatever. And um, because, I mean, I grew up with room. I'm thinking about roommates and how men men were just stupid. We would moon each other all the time. But what we didn't do was we were not emotionally bearing. Right. We were flesh skin bearing but not emotionally bearing so women flipping that are not you know flesh bearing but they're more emotional bearing so even with the 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 relationship that we have with one another um with the male and female there's an inherent difference here that us men need to get a hold of and that's the emotional bearing that you're saying you want that emotional connection and then the women need to then connect physically mm-hmm. as well. Okay, so let me read this because this is all biblical and it's very good. Right. If you guys want to geek out with me in the Greek with the Word of God, then get a notebook and write this stuff down because I had the best time while you were waiting on your 40-minute Starbucks <sighs> writing this out in the Greek 
and I loved it. I'm going to read John 15, 13 through uh, 15. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You can continue reading. It's so good through the end of the chapter. But I want us to understand, first, I looked up greater love. First, the word greater, which is the word in the Greek, megas. Mega. Okay. Mega. Wait, let's see what this means. Large, great, in the widest sense. And then in this specific scripture, when you read down, it it means that it's of the greatest or the widest sense of the affections and emotions of the mind. Okay. So hold on to that. And then that word love is agape love. It's divine love or what God prefers. So when we're thinking about this great love, what God prefers, God put your marriage together. It's the love of God that's going to sustain and strengthen your marriage. And it's also what he prefers for you to operate in and how you love your spouse. And it's this mega Love in the widest sense of the affections and the emotions of the mind. So I've got to ask you, what are you thinking towards your spouse? Is it a great love that's leading to great loyalty? Or are you a terrible friend and you're thinking of other people or you're thinking terrible thoughts about your spouse? Because a good friend doesn't gossip or trash talk or get in and think the worst of their best friend. Right. Okay. Now, friends, the word friends in the Greek here. Okay, it is an adjective, the word phylos, it means beloved, dear, or friendly, someone dearly loved in a personal and intimate way, a trusted confidant held dear in a close bond of personal affection. Hold on to that word affection. The word phil conveys an experiential personal affection, and then phylos is expressed experience-based love. And when we see this, the other form of agape, the verb kind of um, motion of agape love is a value-driven or a decision-based love that includes affection. You're expressing love towards one another. You are holding that person dear in your heart in an intimate way, a trusted confidant. If we just look at this and go, is your spouse your trusted confidant? Are you personal with them? Are you having intimate conversations? But let me, add, yeah, so let me say, let's say. Is there affection? Are you touching? Is there affection? Because it's saying even just a good friend has great affection. Some of us, we're going and hugging all of our friends. Then you get home and you've not even hugged or kissed your spouse that day. Okay. Or you don't wait, until, you wait until sex to even touch them. I got an issue with that. Okay, but, but let me ask the question though. And that is, are you suggesting that the ones because you're saying you need to do this but let's let's say they don't want to do it there's just something there and they're just like i just can't but you're suggesting they have to move past that why don't you want to do this has there been a failure or a hurt is there a root of bitterness you need to get to the root of the why okay Mm -hmm. so that's gonna entail a conversation with the lord 
it's possibly going to entail marriage counseling, a safe place that you can sit and walk through this. Because what, are you going to stay there forever? You know, I mean, do we just stay in that complacent place of injury? I, I mean, this is where we've had to make a decision in moments where we felt like we were pouring into everyone else, where we sat down and had some really hard battle-like conversations to work out and get what I call shrapnel of, of just pain and hurt or offense, um, past failures out of these wounds in order for us to be able to heal up and move forward. Yeah. So I, if you're willing to do that with a best friend, Jesus has done that for us. He paid the price for all of this for us. This is what this is what he's telling us in this set of, set of scripture. He's the one that laid his life down for you, yeah, and gives this example. And then he's making everything he's hearing. He's making known to us, meaning you were able to hear because of Jesus. You were able to hear from the heavenly Father and how to grow as a best friend to your spouse. So when you cross reference this. You guys, I'm a cross-referencer. I told you we're geeking out in the Bible. I got two more scriptures. Yeah, Stick with me. It. Okay, cross-referencing. Proverbs 17, 17. It's, I'm going to read this in the NLT because I really liked it. You're familiar with it as a friend loves at all times, but I'm going to read this in the NLT. A friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in time of need. Uh, I love that picture. Cross-referencing this, all cross-references with John 15, 14. Then that goes to Proverbs 18, 24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You're going to have to make a choice to say, I want to have this mega love, this great love that leads to a great loyalty or friendship. God, I, no, no, no. You already have this great love. Excuse me. You have this great love because of the love of God that is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. You have agape love. You have to prefer that great love for your spouse. Right. And prefer them above all else. Right? Mm -hmm. And then have have a real picture of what friendship looks like. It's expressed love. You're expressing that great love toward one another. Yeah, I think by asking the question, what does friendship look like? like a best friend slash a roommate, define that for you and then define your relationship that you're currently in. What does it look like? Does it look like more of a roommate than a best friend? Then what you're saying is by taking the word of God as truth and, and applying it into the way that God has given us that, that best friend, you know, picture. picture yeah. Then it's now saying, I'm going to choose to do this. And it's not going to be easy at it first. Is, no, it's a faith step for sure. It's a faith step. Yeah. So even though they don't deserve it, and you may even get kickback or whatever, we're here to serve one another and to have a plan, a godly given plan. We know that divorce isn't God's plan. It happens. And it's not what God wants. And if you did go through divorce, it's not the end of the world now, okay? That's not it. And don't judge yourself. Don't continue to carry around the scarlet letter of D on your chest type of a deal. But 
you that are not wanting to get divorced and you're sitting there in your marriage and you're more of a roommate than you are a friend, then this is where the, the pursuit after that friendship has got to take place. A real conversation needs to take place from the two of you that it, t- it takes two. Yeah. So you need two. to have a conversation where the both of you are in agreement. We're going to do this. Do you have great love for your spouse? Do you have great loyalty? What does loyalty look like? Uh, Let's break that down. For me, I can trust him with my words. I can also trust him with my body. I can trust him when we go out that he has my best interest at heart, that I know that you are for me and not against me, Mm -hmm. that, uh, that I'm safe and secure. Women long for security, long for it, Uh, that I have... Oh, loyalty. We, here's a, this, we have an open policy with our phones. I could pick up his phone anytime. We have all the same passcodes. There's no hidden agenda within our friendship, in our marriage, because we're no longer two but one. And then there's, there's no dividing and, line. And there's a loyalty. First, our loyalty is to God. And we serve the Lord with gladness and joy, and, and that's number one. So then having Jesus Christ as the cornerstone of of our foundation in our life, we are then able to be loyal to one another. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's still loyalty. You got to build trust. This is where these challenging conversations or you're going to have to say, oh my goodness, I have been a turd to my spouse and, and I am not showing them this. I'm going to have to change. And you're going to have to build trust and show loyalty by being there, showing up, Asking how they're doing, being a good f- friend, because that then leads to great affection. Affection, yes, is expressed love. So there is a physical touch to this. Uh, basic things. Kiss before bed. Yeah. You're touching on both sides of what I said earlier, though. Yes. Where men... Emotional and physical. Yeah. Men are the physical and women are the emotional. So but both have to give and take on this. You also like words of affection from me. Oh, sure. So even though you do, touch would be your number one. I'm not really talking about the love language of touch. I know, but I I think for me, affection, yes. But I'm using the two scales of there is a emotional side and then there's a physical side. That men don't need emotional to get physical. Right. Yes. Women do need emotional or women desire. But I do believe that men need physical to get to emotional. So women need emotional to get physical. Men will need physical to get emotional. They, so it, it's a meet in the middle of, of, of that emotions and the physical where then it all can be opened up. But the problem is it, you want to separate because if you're not getting physical, then you're not about to get emotional. If you're not getting emotional, you're not about to get physical. What does this affection look like for you with us, uh, this great affection? If friendship is... A, an affection, a goodwill, a love, or an expressed love? I think that what the middle ground of this is, um, is set time apart of, of intentionality, of conversations, talking through things. And even though that leans heavier on the emotional side, but I mean just in general, being there with each other, doing things together. Yeah. I like the physical aspect of the stuff we do. I love that we share same, the same hobbies. Some of you don't share the same hobbies, 
Yeah. Um, but that's where I would say you need to find that. You need to find the common ground and give and take on that. So if one of if if the female wants to go and she has um, a hobby that is artistic in some way, and the male is not, then it doesn't mean that the male cannot um, participate in the shopping and the encouraging uh, of whether buying gifts for that particular thing or you know or even participating to a certain degree all of those things should again you should come around surround them celebrate them in it be a participant of some in some capacity you're doing life together yeah you have to do it together you know we when we started when our kids were old enough that we could leave them at home and go on walks together i we had to kind of set some ground rules that we were not going to talk about these heavy conversations that would possibly lead to i don't know just when when would we not do those? When we would go on walks around the neighborhood. Oh, oh right, yeah. When we, we were talking just, yeah. about heavy topics Mm-mm. that could lead to some serious marriage conversation, we we had yeah, to get we, in and just do life together and talk about life. Yeah, we some didn't you, just come together just to do those conversations. I think that's yes. what happens. I think that happens more often than none. That husbands and wife only come together to talk about the heavy problems. Things. You problems. only talk about your problems, yeah. and you're not just dreaming and having fun talking about your favorite ice cream or whatever it might look like. We had to get real intentional to not just talk about our problems and grow our friendship of learning about each other. You know, last week's podcast, we put 25 questions out that you could sit and talk to your spouse about. If you've not gone there, go to the website. Some heavier than others. Yes, but it's still having the time to sit and just get to know your spouse again what they like, what they don't like, yeah. what they you know are enjoying. Engage. You it's guys, the engagement of of it all. So even you though you got to be friendly. I love physical. That's going to be a given. But cuz I'm a dude. Hey, do you like physical? I like physical. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get physical. I don't know. Physical. All right. <laughs> but to say that I have we have learned, not that I have. We have learned what some of the things that we enjoy that's outside of the physical that is just enjoyable for meaning like I know those things that it doesn't have to be only physical but there's these other things that we do that I got I enjoy doing this with like you. what I enjoy sitting on the front porch when it's nice weather and we're just sitting out there and we're drinking coffee and we're just enjoying the passerby people and you just Watching the birds. And yeah, and you just kind of, every so often, a, a, a conversation will spark. If no conversation sparks, we just continue, continue to sit there. We talk about our children. We talk about life, whatever. No heavy, super-duper problems. Sometimes they come up, but it's nothing. Because of that. those regular checks, I think that our problems aren't so heavy at times when we have to talk about them because we've we've slowly been talking about them and we kind of already have an idea. Well, there's a loyalty that we can trust each other in conversations that are going to be hard. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, So we like going to antique stores together. Okay. Here's the thing. As you start to do life together with your spouse, I go back to Proverbs 18, 24 all the time. You got to be friendly. So when you go to these places, are you making yourself available to flirt, to enjoy, to have fun? with your spouse are are you a stick in the mud and and you just don't want to do anything 
that's not nice. I know that doesn't sound nice, but at some point, I, if you're not friendly, you're not going to be a good friend. I don't know what else to say about it. So it's scriptural. Jesus was full of compassion. Once again, let's go back to his example. And I think of him healing Peter's mother-in-law. You know, I think of these things where he just was, he just loved on people and he was there for them. Uh, and I'm so thankful for his example. And I want to be there for you. I want to be there for your family. I want to be a good friend when life is tough. I want you to want to talk to me. Yeah. I want you to, uh, I, I want us to want to touch each other because we're best friends. You got to think about it. You know, we had a lot of kids. We went through a season where I was like, oh my gosh, Josh, these kids are just hanging on me, touching me all day long. And there's tough seasons through parenting and through going through hard things where you feel like you're giving to everyone else. But that doesn't have to take away from your best friendship with your spouse. You yeah. can, God has grace for you during those seasons to still be a wonderful friend to your spouse. You have to depend and rely on him and ask him for his, for his help. Yeah, I, I want to I say this before we wrap it up here. And that's, you know, if you're struggling and, you're, and maybe you're not struggling, praise the Lord. And this is just, you're listening in the sense of like, yeah, okay, I'll just, you know, see where I'm at with this. This is good. I do this already. You know, those are great. I, I'm thinking about the people that are maybe listening with the all the questions of how am I even going to start this? Again, it goes back to defining what a roommate is, a best friend, finding that best friend and saying, you know, I want to be more like that. Examining of your heart yourself before you examine the heart of your spouse, but you're asking yourself, am I being a good best friend? Am I always the one that when we get into conversations, I'm the one who brings up all the problems? And then I'm the one who always is heavy in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Am I the one that's not having fun? Am I the one that's always critical? And then if it's you, then stop it. Like, stop. Or, or are you never asking questions and it's all about you? A yeah, good you're friend, a drama. You're just full of drama. A good friend asks questions yes. and finds out about the other person. Yeah, you it's gotta, not about them. I'm glad you brought all you. that up. Yeah, because I'm, and so then let's say it's the flip and you're listening to this and you think, well, I've examined my heart. I am, I'm the one that I don't want all of the heavy conversations. It always is the other one. Then that's where you're going to have to have that hard conversation to say, here are my desires. Here is what I'm searching for in our best friend, you know, approach to our marriage. This is some of the, and ask them, ask them, what's your definition of a best friend? Do you think that we're more of a roommate? Ask them these types of questions or send them this podcast and say, hey, I want you to listen to this. And then I'd like for us to talk about it and kind of get us back into that motion of movement of progression towards an aggressive, you know, love for one another. Yeah. And then preferring one another, preferring, a pursuant yeah. after one another. Yeah, uh, because, the you know, again, got to be friendly. Is your marriage falling apart or is it growing? And if you can't say that it's growing, then you need to be nurturing and figuring out how to get this to grow. This is forever. This is forever. Yeah. And this is not just uh, for five minutes. So keep all of that in perspective and um, 
when you are trying to analyze each other, be careful because, again, Matthew 7 tells us, take off the plank out of your eye before you take the splinter out of your friend's eye. My evaluation, when I walked through this, I want to have great love, that agape love towards you, yeah. which is great loyalty. I want great affection because I want to have great intimacy. Um, write it out. You guys, this is a great conversation, and the Lord wants to help you every step of the way. Uh, so as you grow old together, you grow old together. Right. And enjoy right. and enjoy uh, being each other's best friend. Yeah. Confidant. That was one of the the words, right? I like that word. Enjoy life together. If you're not enjoying life together, make it happen. Talk to one another. Make make the effort to sit down and say, let's put our marriage as a priority. What are we doing this week? What are we doing tomorrow? What are we gonna do next week? Build your relationship. Go out on fun dates. Go out, plan a trip away to spend just one another. Don't talk about heavy-handed conversations. Don't get into this when we get out on this date or out on this weekend trip. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just really lay it out. No, lay it out in the sense of serving one another and doting on one another and just smiling and laughing and maybe make it your goal to make the other one laugh. And if they don't receive it continue. Don't give up. Do not give up. Keep going. That's good. Hey, All right. we love you guys. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. And uh, we're excited about what God's doing in your life the same way we're excited about what he's doing in ours. It's awesome. All right, guys. Have a great week.